Okay, welcome to Salem Sports Podcast. We're here with uh, Coach Sanderson. Coach Martino. And we got Coach Minyard from the Sprague Olympians here. Thanks for coming on, Coach. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, tough season this year. Um, we we kind of talked before we got on the air about your, your schedule and uh, how that didn't really set you up uh, to have much success. But uh, we want to know a couple things. We want to know how you've gotten through that and then what, uh, what's the kids' mentality been like you know, after after playing some tough teams and going through a hard stretch like this, oh, uh, the kids have been awesome. I mean, I, if you came out and watched the practice, uh, I mean, like I was saying earlier, I mean, you'd think we were you know six and one, five and two right now. Uh, their attitudes have been great. Their efforts been great, yeah. um, and and they've been really resilient. I mean, even more so than the coaches a little bit. I think probably at times, right. you know, I, I we get a tough loss against a good team, and all of a sudden I can't sleep for forty eight hours, and yeah. they come back, and that's what kind of keeps you motivated and going. Is they come back and they're ready to go again next week, and so they've been really good. The whole community's been really supportive, and I think they get that we're playing a really tough schedule, and you know, all you can do is keep plugging away and try to get better. Yeah, and you've had some experience. You, your career is pretty interesting. You've had some really good teams winning league titles, competing, you know, deep into the playoffs, and you've also had teams. At both McKay and now Sprague, where the, where you've struggled, did how, how have you drawn on maybe those past teams uh, at your previous spots that, that have struggled and and how you're how you're handling this group? Well, it, you know it's tough because every kid goes into every season you know wanting to win a league title and wanting to make a playoff run yeah. and and and, and uh, so when you lose a couple of games and you and you kind of get your reality check, um, you got to find ways to motivate kids a little bit. Um, and I think the biggest deal is just to keep in mind that really high school athletics is about becoming a better person, Absolutely. better person, better athlete. And, and there's, there's a lot more to it than just the win-loss column. And, uh, and then you try to make it as fun as you can. And when you do those two, th- two things and, and keep the kids in that kind of a, a thought process of just getting better and becoming better people, um, th- then things kind of take care of themselves. Yeah. And I, I know we, we've talked about this on previous weeks. Um, you know, some of the most memorable I know as coaches, we look back and if you have a group that continues to fight and battle and come to practice every day and work hard and you're not seeing the success on the scoreboard, sometimes those are the most memorable groups you have, you know, as a coach. And, and you think back of kids that, that were leaders on those teams. Uh, I know for me at McKay, and you experienced this at multiple spots, you know, sometimes I, I look back at that and think, God, that, you know, that kid got more out of that than maybe if he was on a team that went seven and two. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, you know, those kids are going to go on to be very successful yeah. in life. If they can be that resilient and continue to show up and work hard every day, yeah. some of the life lessons that they're getting yeah. out of going through that adversity is going to carry over into their personal lives and, and, uh, and their future as well. Yeah. Um, well, you got, you know, looking at your schedule coming up here, you've got, uh, you're playing a summit team next week uh, that struggled a little bit as well. Uh, is that one you've kind of circled and said like, "Hey, this is," and it's your last home game too. You've only had uh, what three of them here, uh, so it's your last home game against a one in five team coming in. Uh, what do you see in that matchup that that may give you a chance for some, some success? Uh, we circle them all, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we circle them all. We're, we're, yeah, we're out to compete every yeah, week, absolutely. but but we do. Uh, yeah, this is a team I actually just got done watching a little bit of film this morning before mm-hmm. I came in here and. Uh, and yeah, they've struggled a little bit, and they've played some really good schools as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is one that I think you know, if we execute, and then that's always a big part of it yeah. in high school athletics. I mean, it's if we can execute and do the things that that uh, we'd like to be able to do, then yeah, we should have a chance. Should be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, that won't be a good one. Can can you explain why your league season is four games? I cannot. That, that's been driving me nuts. <laughs> I can. I, the OSA got this one 
totally wrong. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they really did. And, and I, I, it has to do with that Southern Conference and travel. And uh, they, they wanted to make sure that the whole 6A, I mean, everybody's got their, their four league games. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and it's, it's just kind sorry. of a pain in the butt. And, and I don't. I don't think it's going to last. I think this is the last year you're going to see that. Okay. And then everybody's going to play all their league opponents. Um, and really just this, this whole go around, the scheduling this time, um, the way they, they're going about the playoff system, you know, even the power ranking thing, it's, it's all pretty jacked up right now. And I think there's enough angry coaches and, and people out there that I, I think you're going to see it change after the season. This is the second year of that two-year reciprocal yeah. schedule. And so after the right. schedule, I know you know everybody will get a new schedule next year, but I think also I'm hearing now that, that we're going to be playing all of our league opponents, which, I mean, Good. we – we had I mean, to schedule South Salem as a non-league game. Yeah. That should never That's happen. So yeah, we're, we're, they're what two miles it's away. So I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, old yeah. rivalry and so. So anyway, it should change soon. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good because yeah, we're looking at this thinking like it doesn't make any sense. And really, a league title means nothing. Nothing. I mean, no. it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Well, um, and, you think about yeah. last year. Last year we go two and two in league. Um, now we had a brutal preseason schedule, so yeah. we're two and seven overall. But we're two and two in league, and we beat Mountain View by forty points at our place, and just kind of roll through them. Um, and they're two and two in league as well. So head to head, we're better. Right. We had the same league schedule, but because they played a bunch of schools, you know, from the five, which yeah. which makes sense because that's what they had been playing up until last year. Yeah. Well, they go five and four, but they're in the playoffs. Not yeah. that I think that a two uh, and seven team should ever be in the playoffs, but you're seeing teams that are in the playoffs because of a record. Doesn't make any sense. That, yeah, that, that you just yeah. crushed head to head. So I, yeah, it, it's just been pretty backwards. And I think I think at this point now the OSA has heard enough that they're going to. Well, you hope that they're yeah. going to switch some things up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at like what uh, McKay and North have at the five A, you know, league, and that's kind of the old school Valley League where yeah. you didn't have it. They don't have a non league game. Yeah. They just go. Yeah. They, have a, they have a ten team league and. There's no non-league games. It's yeah. like week one could determine the league title. You've got to be ready to go. I think that's kind of a more exciting way I do to do too. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's ten times better. And you know what I love about it is that league play is important, too. Like yeah. right now, right. for us, league play means nothing. It's yeah. all power rankings. And it used to be when we were younger as coaches and yeah. when I was a player even. But you woke up every Saturday and you wanted to see what all the other teams did because it could determine your league standing. And, yeah. and being number three in league versus number four in league would, would have been a big deal. Yeah. That right. means playoffs or no playoffs. That's it. Yeah. Or you wanted to be the two seed instead of the four seed or I mean yeah, so every, game, yeah. yeah every week meant something really really important in league play and so you had good rivalries and now it really just doesn't mean anything yeah. they, they talk about league play but it, like well like we just doesn't said it, it means nothing yeah, yeah. interesting that's yeah, yeah. hopefully they get that you know they get that figured that's out not and, for, that's uh, not good for anybody yeah it's not yeah. No. The uh, well, even for the gates. I mean, if you yeah. if every league game matters, then all of a sudden you have more people in attendance. You yeah, make right. some more money that way for gates. Right. And, and just for the kids themselves, for their high school experience, every game you've got a great crowd and yeah, you got right. people. You know. And I don't know why they would go away from that. Well, I do. It's because it's the OSA and they want to make money on playoff yeah. games. Yeah. But oh. they, they need to stop thinking in terms and because they would have more success if they went back to doing even the old school way where they ditched power rankings altogether and just right. said we're going to take number one this versus, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and there's. Is it going to be off kilter a little bit? Yeah, because some leagues are going to be better than others. But in the end, the two best teams are going to play each other more than yeah, likely. Right. You know, every once in a right. while, you'll get teams matched up in the semis. Maybe they shouldn't be. Yeah. But for the most part, you're going to get, you know, the the, the true champion's going to come out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we'll overthink. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It overthinks. And, and hopefully they'll involve actual coaches in that process. Um, I think that's kind of maybe some of the, some of the things that uh, could be – you know, figured out is if they involve long long term coaches into the into the thinking of 
how to do that. Oh, so you think it would be good communication? It might be better. <laughs> that might be a better way yeah. to do it. Just, we made people start communicating maybe, with each other. Maybe. Uh, well, well, good. Yeah, we're we're pulling for uh, this. You know, the Olympians to get one. Both yes. Coach Martino and I. You know, I went through that last year where we didn't win a game when I coached at McKay and. Uh, you know that's that that could be really tough, but it sounds like you're the right. Obviously, you've been through it enough, you know, with with different teams to uh, to get it figured out. So you have um, let's let's kind of talk about your your history here. You've uh, you've coached at four different schools, three in the Salem Kaiser area. So I think you have a pretty unique experience, you know, perspective on things. We talked to Coach Ramirez about this. Uh, Damian Ramirez came on a couple weeks ago. Oh, good yeah. lord! Yeah, <laughs> so you might want to listen. You can, you can, you can go yeah. back and listen to that. He was really good. But he, yeah. he had a you know an interesting take. He thinks that football, they've they've kind of got through the concussion thing that was keeping families from letting their sons play, right. and that it might we might be getting on the other side of that. Are you seeing that? I mean, numbers are way down, but are you seeing maybe we're getting yeah, past I, it a little? Yeah, well, I, I think we're we're right in uh, the eye of the hurricane right now. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I, I think that uh, our younger levels, our sophomore, freshman, eighth grade groups are smaller, and I think that has a ton to do with it because mm-hmm. those those were the groups that were second, third, fourth graders, you know, in that yeah. in that age range when all that stuff really hit hard. Yeah. And so you have a lot of kids walking the halls now that I'm looking at going, why do you not play football? Yeah, How come yeah. I've never seen you before, you know? Um, but I think Damien's right. Yeah, I think we're headed we're headed back the other way. Um, I, I think the youth numbers are pretty solid, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're kind of like that all over Salem. And, and you know, this is a national deal. Yeah. It's not just Salem or yeah. Oregon. It's, sure. But I think numbers are going to go back. I hope they are. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I, I'm probably going to have an early retirement. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I do think that it's... it's it's being promoted. Football is being promoted now uh, in a much better way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as far as how we're teaching tackling and how we're teaching yeah. the sport of football and with the concussion awareness out there and the models we have in place on the sideline with our training staffs, you know, as far as having the, the, the safety protocols in place, I do think that there's much more of a, a, a sigh of relief as to, you know, okay, we're taking care of this and we're yeah. making sure that it's as safe as possible before our kids go out there. Because quite frankly, nowadays, I mean, with everything we're doing and the way we're teaching it, it's so much different and so much safer mm-hmm. that you can get, you know, a concussion just as easy you know hitting your head on the floor in basketball right. yeah. or in soccer you know head Heading. to head yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. so anyway i think it is coming back around slowly and surely but mm-hmm. it might take some time you know we're doing a deal this year we have a frost soft team yeah instead of a freshman and a jv team and it was the best decision that we made probably over the summers to do that because if we were have to have both teams we'd be limping along with both of them barely having enough numbers to, yeah. to build the team whereas we got one good team in i felt really bad about doing that at yeah. first but you know we played Lake Ridge and Lincoln and Westview and Twalton and Sherwood. So it's it's not yeah. just Salem. It's you know it's the whole state and it's the whole yeah. country really. When so. you're matched up against a team that has three teams, how do they how do they do that? How does well? So at the beginning of the season, um, all the athletic directors went up to the OSA in Wilsonville and they sat down and you had to declare whether you were going to have three teams or just a JV team, which would be sophomores and juniors only, or a frosh soft team, which would be mm-hmm. freshmen and sophomores only and mm-hmm. no juniors. Um, and then once you declare, like all the teams that were each one would be put in one category, and then they went separately and sat yeah. down and hammered out a schedule. Okay. And so everybody left that room. Yeah. The bad part was you didn't get that schedule till August 27th, you know, which was like the week before your first game. Right. But the good news is everybody left that with a full lower schedule, regardless okay. of what situation you were in. So I, that process was the one part they've gotten right lately, yeah. I think. Going back to the concussion talk, <clears throat> is there a universal way now? You guys are everybody's teaching tackling. Yeah, and, and all you gotta do is go to like Heads Up, 
football, USA yeah. Heads Up Football, and kind of check it out. It's And Pete Carroll made it really popular with the Seahawks, and even with mm. people don't realize he did that actually when he was at USC. They went down to Australia, and they visited some rugby teams. Yeah. And they say, these guys are doing it. You know, they're tackling really well without pads. How are they doing it? And it's just kind of morphed into what we do now. Okay. Uh, and it's a lot different than when we were kids, you know, and you always had to get your head across, and, and now you're putting your head on the backside mm-hmm. of people as you're tackling, you know. But quite frankly, I, I feel like we're better tacklers now, huh. now that we do that. I, and I, everybody was worried about, you know, you used to hear the, the term arm tackling a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you'd, you'd run through arm tackles. Well, you don't run through arm tackles if they're done correctly for the most part. And a lot of it uh, is similar. I mean, still, when you're when you're between the tackles and you're a linebacker coming down to meet a tailback or a fullback, it's still going to be a shoulder-to-shoulder fit like it always has been. Yeah. You know, you just, you just make it – these are more open field situations where instead of getting your head in cro- across a player's body where you could have head-to-head – you know, right. helmet to helmet contact. Now you put it down through the thighs, around the back of them. It's like shooting a double leg in wrestling, really. Okay. So our wrestling coaches absolutely freaking love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my wrestling, my head wrestling coach, Nolan Harris, he's in charge of our tackling circuit that we do every single day. So it works out well for me. Yeah, too, that's you know? great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of on that. I mean, you, you talked a little bit about the changes kids have gone through in tackling. What about just? I mean, you've been coaching for a long time. You know, you were. You were coaching kind of pre-cell phones and pre-social media, and now you're now you're coaching at a school where, you know, with kids, everyone has a cell phone, everyone's on social media. How has coaching kids changed in the last twenty years? Um, you know, I get asked that a lot actually, and that conversation yeah. comes up a lot with people. I think, especially coaches that have as much gray hair or no hair, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> as we oh, as, I'm coach, well aware. as Coach Martino and I have, you know. Um, but here's the bottom line: kids are kids, yeah, um, and. I think you just kind of got to find what motivates them. I, I do think that kids nowadays are being spread a little bit more thin. There's, there's more options out there yeah. for them, um, especially in the Salem area. You know, lacrosse has gotten really big, and, and we have a lot of our kids that play lacrosse. Um, there's fall baseball now. It kind of drives me yeah. a little crazy. I come out of a Sunday meeting with my coaches, and there's two baseball games going on. I'm yeah. like, wait, those kids should be playing football yeah. right, right now, you know? Yeah. And, and you can pick any single sport you want and specialize in it if you want. And unfortunately, even football has gotten to that point where mm-hmm. now we have these seven-on-seven teams, and, and, and they start as soon as the football season's over. They're going in the winter, yeah. and they're working out. You know, they're out there in 32 degrees yeah. doing seven-on-seven on the turf, which drives me a little crazy. And, and, I, and I don't – Quite frankly, I'm kind of old school. I, I would rather see kids do multiple sports mm-hmm. um, for several reasons. One, just to get away from that particular coaching staff or that sport for a yeah. while and give their body a break yeah. and their mind a break from it. And then two, for the, the safety of it. Because if you do the, the same movement over and over and over, whether it's you know backpedaling as a DB or, or you know the contact type throwing stuff. Throwing a curveball. Yeah, yeah, throwing a curveball in baseball, exactly. <laughs> All you're, gonna, you're setting yourself up for some some pretty big injuries, I think. Um, yeah. Overuse injuries that you know, and overuse injuries have gone way up in the past decade yeah. or so, oh, yeah. and I think that's a result of all the specialization. Yeah, and I, I we kind of talked about oh. at least the football. My son's a sixth grader in West Salem now, and he, and he's uh, at least in football they have the middle schools on board in Salem Kaiser, uh, and you kind of get that, and you get coaches who aren't dads yes. uh, who are doing things in basketball. That was always our fight, and I'm you know. I just look at that and I just cringe at, at what basketball is doing, you know, playing way too many games, getting coached by people that, you know, either dads or, or people that, that aren't on board with the high schools on, on how they're trying to do things. Now, you kind of talked about it, the specialization, um, you know, we're seeing kids getting held back. I mean, we've, we've, yeah. we've done that for a while. And, and you just put this pressure on kids to, that was never there when, I know you, you're, we're both from Dallas, different eras, but 
you know, we didn't see that then. I mean, we, no. we, you played three sports. Everyone played three sports. Yeah. Everyone yeah. played three sports. Yeah, you, you, you had a season. A, yeah. Had a, yeah, this, <laughs> no question. Yeah, this is the season that I'm doing football. Yeah. Then I'm going to wrestle or play basketball. Then I'm going to go out for track yeah. or baseball. Yeah. Or, you know, and, yeah. that's, and that's what you did, period. Yeah. I didn't even like my sport when it wasn't in season. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I liked it, but I was. <laughs> yeah, but I want to go play baseball. I, was, yeah, I wasn't thinking out. about yeah, it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then there's been this deal over the past 20 years, I think, where it's developed where you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, as coaching yeah. staffs, people are doing that. And, I, yeah. and then maybe to a fault, I'm kind of the other way where I don't want to see my guys until right. late spring, until yeah. after their baseball season's over. I, I really, you know, I've got them in the weight room mm-hmm. like everybody does. But now if you wanted to, after this first six weeks of each sports season you can get all your kids yeah. and do whatever you want yeah. and and i know there's some coaching staffs up north that are doing that and i i don't want to i want my kids to go do something else yep. and enjoy it and yeah. get away from me for a while because they don't need to hear me barking in their ear all year long right you know? and and that way i think they're a little more excited for it when they come back kind of like we were when we were young yes you know? but yeah, it, yeah it's kind of a scary deal it really is now i don't know if it's going to change um i i know that california has gone to a model where they have a month-long um, moratorium week now, or oh, not wow. a week, but a yeah. month-long moratorium break where mm-hmm. you have a full four weeks where you can't do anything. And wow. you can't even lift and run with mm-hmm. the kids. You're just, you don't do anything. And I, I hope the OSA takes a look at that and, and says yes, because I, I think I think we need that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we, we need, because right now, even in the summers, you feel like you're kind of forced to yes. keep up to with keep Joneses. Up. And, do, and, and so you're doing stuff. And, you know, well, when Jack and I worked together at McKay, uh, at one point, you and I and LaFountain would sit down, yep. and we'd have to make that that month of June. Yep. That month of June, yeah. we'd yeah. have make a, we work. had a, a yeah. color a color coded calendar yes. for the kids yeah. to let them know you can do all three sports yeah. and you'll be fine. And they did. Yeah, and they yeah. did. Yeah, them, yeah, yeah. And those were probably the best groups that we yes. had because they were doing multiple sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes. they stayed. And you're hearing from different coaches giving similar messages, but saying them in different ways. Kids don't get burnt out from uh, the same guy, you know, saying the same thing over and over. Uh, I, that has to be, you know, I think I think as coaches, everybody has to get on board with something like I, that. Totally. Yeah. Well, and here's the deal, too, with the, the youth thing. I think that's a big part of it. Oh, yeah. And, and you alluded to it, but less than 5% of high school kids in all athletics yeah. are going to move on and do something in college. Yeah. And that, that's D3, D2, yeah. D1. And so, really, uh, they forget about what the athletic – programs Why are supposed to be about yeah, yeah it's there yeah one to have fun and two to develop young men and women into better members of society yeah. i mean that's really what you want to do it's not about the scholarship if you want a scholarship take all that money you're spending on camps and go get a freaking tutor yeah. right. right and have your kid work on grades because right. if you graduate with a four point you can yeah. go pretty much wherever you want yes. for free so <laughs> yeah. you know and you're gonna be better off in life anyway so yeah. anyway it, that drives me a little nuts sometimes that, yeah. that sometimes we get a little overzealous on that yeah. my kids got to play in college yeah. no they don't and they'll still be an awesome person if they don't you yeah. know yeah. let them and have fun i i i mean i I don't want to get in trouble, but go. There's a. I mean, when <laughs> you see this trouble. from people, from parents that like, they're both five. The dad's five yeah. ten, mom's five five, and they're holding their kid back because they think their son's going to be a Division one basketball player. Where they neither <laughs> one of them played high school basketball, and you know, I I don't know. It's I don't know how you fix that because you can't fix parents who are doing that with their kids. But uh, I think as coaches, if we all kind of say the same message over and over that this right. is really the way to do it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it fixes it, but I think it makes it a little better. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I've said this, uh, I've said ahead. this on this podcast a couple times too. It hurts. Maybe not football as much basketball, basketball. I know for sure it does. These kids play four games a weekend yeah. off season and lose three of them and do not care. So losses yeah. become, well, it's just a loss. We yeah, do this it every is weekend. It is, right? yeah. 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 So, 
Yeah. And then you got to battle that. It, it doesn't yeah. maybe doesn't affect football as much because they don't play as many game games. Where no, keeping score, but 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 we do have some side effects going on with like the seven on seven deals, and and, yeah. and sometimes because the bottom line and parents need to remember they're paying those people money, yeah. and so yes. and so they're going to tell you everything that you absolutely want to hear about yes. your kid. They're going to tell you how great your kid is and how the awesome movie, they yeah. are and what they're doing because they want to collect that check. They want yeah. you to come back next month so they can collect that check. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and do are they? You know, I, I always get. Uh, a kick out of looking at their websites and going, okay, they're they're promoting this young man as uh, he's going to be D two D one. Well, have they looked at his grades? Because I've seen the kid's grades, yeah. and the kid's not even going to get into JC unless he starts showing up to class. You know, and so they're not looking at the whole kid like we are. Yeah, um, right. and and not to say that some of those things aren't great, and it's right. good that kids are involved. It's better yeah. than being out in the streets or doing something they shouldn't be doing. But you just got to keep it in perspective, I think, no a little question. bit. And sometimes it gets a little out of hand. Uh, you've been at you've been at McKay, you've been at North, and then you've been at Sprague. And those, you know, socioeconomics, um, you know, are different at, at those at those schools. How what's been the biggest differences, challenges at, at both? You know, I'm kind of grouping McKay and North together, um, and then going to Sprague. What what have been the positives and the negatives of each stop in terms of you know how how that's challenged you as a coach? Yeah, and I get asked that a yeah. lot too because of that situation, yeah. and it and it's it's not an easy answer because mm-hmm. I've loved the kids wherever I've been. It, yeah. That's the one constant is the kids are always awesome. Yeah. Uh, the difference is is coming from maybe some different situations in their home life. Um, the motivational techniques that I, I've used have changed. Like mm-hmm. since since I've been at McKay or North uh, versus a Sprague. Kids at Sprague, a lot of them have grown up and their parents have maybe been in a little bit more involved and they've they've been at camps and they've been doing sports for a long time. Where as at McKay, I remember my last few years there, we'd had such a big ELL population of kids that um, are maybe first generation yeah. or second generation um, here in America that they didn't understand football. So we would start out, and you guys remember Coach Holcomb. Coach Holcomb would take the freshman in the room and he would draw a football field on a board. We called it Football 101, and they'd spend yeah. an hour in there, and they would talk nothing about uh, uh, schemes. Would you, this is what football is. Here's a football field. Here's the 50-yard line. Yeah. Here the, the 11 guys on this side are on offense right now because they have the ball. I mean, you teach them just real basic yeah. football. And he came up with that idea, and we did it for the last couple of years. It was the best thing that we did there because those freshmen learned yep. how to play the game. <laughs> you know, So it's just different. And, and I've never had to do something like that at Sprague because right. the kids have all been playing youth ball since they were you know, six or seven. Yeah. Um, so it's, But maybe their motivation is a little different because they've always had so much success. If they have a loss, how do they handle it? Yeah. You know, Because in that youth time, it's pretty easy to schedule you know, some different types of yeah. teams and, and get some success going. So it's, right. it's, it's, been, it's been different. Um, and there's challenges at both one, but like I said, the kids are awesome regardless of where you go, and they all yeah. just, in the big picture, they all just want to play and have a good time. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I remember you know we coached together for just a year or two. Coach Martino was with you for a long time, and, and how well you worked you know with other coaches. Uh. But one story I remember, I, I I was I think I I shared this earlier. I got thrown into announcing a game at McKay, like with. 20 minutes before the game started. Really? Yeah. And I remember oh, that's going, that never happens. going on the field. Did they have a national anthem prepared? <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't remember that scene. It, it was back when McKay had the crown in the middle of the field. And, uh, and, uh, so but, you couldn't see me on the yeah, other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, I came onto the field. I can't remember to get the starters or something. And again, I was fairly new to McKay and had coached at West Salem before that. And uh, and you and some kid, it was, you had a you had a team that was struggling. I don't think I don't think you guys won a game that year. A kid comes running on with like 15 minutes before the game starts, and uh, he comes up to you, and I don't remember who the kid was, and, and he says something. Oh, I was, 
you know, I had to be at home babysitting or, you know, says some story. And I remember thinking like, you know, at a lot of places, you're just, you're saying, okay, you're like, yeah, get out of here. Or I'll, we'll see you in the locker room or whatever. And instead you, you said something like, okay, how are you doing? And, and you kind of got the kid to come from here all the way down and you go, okay, we're going to get you ready to play. And I remember thinking in the back of my mind, like, I can't believe he did that. You know, he's <laughs> letting us do that. But you knew that's just what you had to deal yeah. with there. Yeah. I mean, it was just a different. Yeah. Uh, and we, yeah. we, we, we certainly had some kiddos over there yeah. uh, that came from some rough backgrounds. Yeah. You know, we, we, I had kids that after a couple of days of showing up, I'm thinking, you know, your grades have been great, but I've seen you at school really, really early lately. So what's what's going on here? You pull them aside, you find out they've been sleeping in a car for the yeah. past two or three nights, yeah. you know? And yeah. so before you chew a kid's tail like that in practice, you, you got to kind of take a look and go, all right, yeah, what's going on yeah. here? Because they might have some things going on at home that we never have no. thought about or had, had to deal with when we were his age, yeah. you know? So it was interesting for sure. And that, that was also part of the fun. Uh, uh, that part working with kids at McKay, I thought was a lot of fun too. Kind of getting to know kids and trying to—you were almost—you um, were such an important figure in their lives yeah. that they would run through a wall for you. Yeah, you know. And so that was—I Nico, I remember, uh, or not Nico, uh, Ramico. Ramico. Ramico lived right across the street from yeah. McKay. Yeah. And one of the best running backs I've ever coached. Yeah. Tough, tough little guy. And, and uh, oh, but he was just a little donkey, and he didn't have a whole lot of supervision at home at the time. And so I had kids assigned and made sure he had a first period weight training class so that I could actually open the weight training doors, see his house. And that way I had direct line of sight because I would have my student <laughs> aide. My student aide would go knock on his window. I could see the window, so I would let my student aide walk across the street and knock on the window every morning yeah. just to make sure that he would get up and go to school so I know he'd be there, you know. But yeah. little things like that, that yeah. were, you know, and he loved me for it. He, yeah. He's a, well, he's a, a motivational body, speaker. Yeah. He's a motivational yeah. now and a huge bodybuilder. He's a monster. He's a freak of a yeah. kid, yeah. But that, that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, you, I, I, at schools like that, I know, you know, we experience all similar type things where you have no idea the impact that you're having, you know. So for coaches that are there that are struggling, I've always, you know, tried to talk oh. them up because your impact on those kids' lives could be, you might be the most important figure in their life oh, at, that, absolutely. at that moment. Right. And, and, and it is tough for a little bit because you don't have the resources that yes. you do. Like, you know, yeah. like at, at Sprague, I've been pretty fortunate. We have a lot of resources and yeah. we have a lot of people with, with some money out there and we can get some things that we need and mm -hmm. we want to. But um, it, unless you've been at both types of schools, you don't know how much harder it can be. Yeah. And so those, those guys that are coaching at those schools, I mean, my hat goes off to them because yeah. I know how much time and effort they put in. It's, yeah. it, it's not it's about the wins job. and losses in those It's not. Times. No, yeah, it's, no, it's about what you do for kids. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Um, okay, well, this has been really good. We're, uh, I mean, anything else? You, you kind of talked about the league, you know, Salem Kaiser. How about you guys? This year? Yeah. Any, any, any players? We had two of yours in here a couple weeks ago. They were yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Well, you had Polanski, I know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I tell you what, talk about a great leader and a kid that's just done a ton of, ton of good things for us in, in some pretty adverse situations. Mm -hmm. um, Elias is a good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. Yeah. And I, I got to look at the stats again. I just kind of finished some up yesterday. But, I mean, he's up over 600 yards and has, I think, six or seven touchdowns in the season. Nice. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's performed really, really well. And above all, being your quarterback, you know, he's got to stay calm under pressure. Yeah. And, and with the, the teams that we've seen and, and some of the things we've gone through, he's done a great job of keeping the ship afloat and making sure guys' heads are in the right place and they're not getting upset or pointing fingers or anything like that. So, um, yeah, um, and we've had a ton of injuries. We really have. Uh, we our, our, our first two tailbacks have 
are done for the year now it looks like at this point and we've had kids like cody price and now we'll step into a tailback role and and, and we've had to do a, a lot of that kind of stuff this year moving kids around and through it all like i said the kids have just been totally positive and so we're we're, we're excited i mean hey we got three more games and yeah. if we only have three more together let's make them as fun as possible and let's keep our head up and keep trying to get better keep developing our young guys and yeah. uh and see what we can do for the future I got one quick one yeah, for you. Let's go. I got a Martino story. I was just yeah, well, let's this. hear the best Jack when we were work, story. When we were to, yeah. working, in, and uh, you talked about us <laughs> working well together. Yeah. Here's how you know you want to work with Favorite Coach Martino. Yeah. Uh, it's the beginning of the basketball season. It's my first year as a head coach. So football season's over, yeah. and we've done okay. I, I think we were four and five that year or something like that. Three and six, four and five. And that, that was about right for the mm-hmm. kids we had talent-wise. And uh, but the season's over, so I'm a little depressed. I'm like, man, what do I do after school now? You know, and I'm like, well, I'll go maybe put my head at basketball practice yeah. and see how Coach Martino's going. And I, I go in there, and he had a ton of kids on his team that had played football. You know, that was Solomon Frank, and you know, yeah. the, the president of his island, and, and all. Yeah. It was all those guys. Yeah. And I, I walk in the gym, and they're all running in this big circle with their hands above their head, <laughs> and, and, and the clock is running down backwards, and they they're literally just running in circles, and their hands are way above their head. The minute they start getting tired, the hands dropping, he's going, "Get your hands up!" The hands are going up. I'm just, and I and this goes on for a yeah. while. Like I'm I'm waiting to see what's what, going what, next. What, what, yeah. the, what the end of the drill looks like. Well, the drill didn't end. It just kept going and going and what going. What am I watching? <laughs> We're not going to win a damn basketball game this year. And then I finally I, I can't remember which assistant. Well, maybe it was Turner at the time, but I think I called Turner. And go, hey, what? In the- hell is going on over here and it goes oh we had a couple kids that were late to class and I was like they, they weren't gone they were just late and he goes yeah they were just late and I was like oh I like this guy I, yeah. I like yeah. this guy a lot this is going to be good we're going to get along really well well coach me and you while we're saying stuff yeah. we I had maybe two good coaching years in my career and it's a direct relationship to what was going on in coach me weight room yeah that absolutely. weight room completely turned that school around in in Less than a year. I mean, you could talk about everything he does on the football field, and I don't know anything about football X's and O's. He could be an idiot. I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure he's not. I'm pretty sure he's not. Actually, yeah. But I know how good of a teacher he is, and our success came because we had guys who finally were not getting thrown all over the floor because Coach Minyard held them to a standard in that weight room and made them so much better and then shared his athletes without a problem. Like, he he would come into our gym, or I would go to his – football practice and in the last 15 minutes he'd stop and give a speech on how important it was to come play basketball so um the, any success that i had there was was helped by multiple people but he had a big uh, hand in that, it. that yeah. goes both ways yeah, yeah there's a lot of guys working together at that point that was a lot of fun yeah that, that was, was a good fun. stretch no i i think uh when you have that at a school it, it can be special because like you kind of i i we've all seen that work both ways where you have guys who are working together that you know are trying to make everything better and then if you have somebody that's not, it makes it really difficult. I know, right. you know, when when you left McKay, uh, I knew the impact that that you had because the kid, how upset the kids were, yeah. and not that no that question. not that that was a good thing for you, but also you know showed how much you you know you meant to them. And then all and then saw the next year the weight room in chaos, yep. uh, the football team in chaos, and um, you know so you so you got to see some of those things that that work both ways. So. Yeah. Anyway, that was good. Coach Martino's story of could you do that now? I want to know. At, you you will never spray. know. It, we it, will it, never it, know. Uh, it, it was awesome. I tell you what, I knew right. I had to there. walk out of the spray oh, gym that, a couple times yeah. last year before I did something like that because I knew I'd be called into somebody's office. Uh, it was good stuff. Yeah. The nice thing, yeah, the night, the one of the nice things at, at McKay, I know, at least from uh, my experiences, you could you did th- things, and not that it was like, you know. Uh, that you were crossing a line that was 
oh. you know, but you could do some things without no. worrying about a mom or dad calling or emailing you or your supervisor the next day. No, they liked it. Yeah. They liked right. blue collar yeah. text. Yes. And the funny thing, I mean, no I guarantee question. you, those kids, I bet there is not one of them late for a class again. Yeah. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the parents would appreciate. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can hammer little Johnny as long as you're doing something right for him. Yeah, yeah. that was and, awesome. And I guarantee you those kids now, 10 oh. years later, that it's a positive thing in their life, not a negative. They look back at that and think, you know, oh, we yeah. had to do this. We got held accountable. We got to do work hard and, and yeah, and really they're still showing up early to everything. Yeah. <laughs> they're making sure they're not late to work. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on coach. It's been great. Thanks and, coach. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for getting up for us. Oh, get, absolutely. get a win next week.